Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor, and then you decide for yourself. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have my lovely, beautiful guest and good friend, Miss V. Lynn from the Patriot Party Podcast back with me today. How are you doing today, my love? I'm doing awesome. How about you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for joining me. I'm super excited to get into this show. Today, we are going to be discussing RH negative bloodlines, what that could be, what that could mean, and what the heck the traits are. So <laughs> let's get into it. Sounds good. So tell me what are, first off, like, what is RH negative blood? What does it mean? Okay. Well, do you know your blood type? I do. I'm okay. an O. What's that? I'm an O. Okay. Uh, is there a plus or a minus after it? No. Well, there always is. And that's your whether or not you're RH positive or RH negative. So you don't have to disclose that because they might come after you. Um, they are looking for RH negative. So I don't, I don't blame you on that one. Um, I'm a B negative. I didn't know what that meant until I got pregnant the second time, actually. And, um, because I got pregnant before I had my first child, I lost my first baby, which is not uncommon with RH negatives at all. It was very difficult for us to have children. But when I went and had my second baby, um, they were like, well, you have to have this special shot. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? So, well, you're, you're RH negative. Well, what does that mean? They said, well, it means you have to have the special shot or you'll kill your own baby. Your body will treat it like it's an alien and will reject it, will kill it. Um, and if your blood mingles with its blood, especially during childbirth, then again, it, it'll die. So you have to have this special shot called a Rogam shot. And I was like, well, that's really weird. Okay. So, um, but it, it kind of put my hackles up, right? So I started researching because that's, that's what I do. Um, so come to find out, you know, when they, when they first started really digging into blood types and a lot of people have not done a lot of research about RH negatives. In fact, I think the right. people that did the most research were probably the Nazis. Um, <laughs> Truth. That's, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and you hear a lot about them in the news again these days. What do you know? Um, but Shocker. Shocking yeah. all. Shocking <laughs> all. Well, they never really went away. They just went into hiding for a while, but anyway. Um, so when they, you know, when they started talking about evolution versus creation and all of this, and they started looking at blood types, they found that there is what they thought was the same protein on rhesus monkeys as on 85% of the world's population. They called it the rhesus protein. Come to find out decades later that it's not actually the same protein. It's just similar. It's pretty close. 
Um, but they they didn't really they didn't update that, right? They continued to use this as their proof of evolution. Well, we must have evolved from monkeys because we have the same protein. And when when you evolve, like when when things evolve or when things mutate, they don't they don't generally lose things. They they add things, right? Mm-hmm. They add right. abilities, they add mutations, they add spike proteins, they add whatever it is. They don't lose things per se. Um so where where do the Rh negatives come from? Were we here first? Uh, were were the Rh positive people? I mean, maybe they did evolve from from apes or from other animals. Maybe Rh positives came from the original transhumanism experiments ten thousand years ago. I, who knows? Maybe Rh negatives are descended from the Nephilim, which is uh, one very prominent theory about it. Um, Another is that we're an alien race. That's a possibility as well. Um, Who knows? (laughs) I I think the the running theory on that one is that we're from the Pallades. So that that's an interesting one. Um, But no one no one really knows where Irish negative people come from. Uh, They we do know that we're different, right? So Mm -hmm. where. And again, I said 85% of the population, that was 10, 15 years ago. At this point, I'd say it's probably significantly less. I uh, And I say that because one of the primary traits of RH negatives is that we are allergic to all synthetics, or we tend to have big allergies towards synthetics, synthetic drugs, um, synthetic foods. Like if I, I know if I have a, if I've somehow accidentally purchased a GMO food or um, if it's been mislabeled, because I will break out in hives on my hands if I touch mm-hmm. a GMO food. Um, and uh, I mean, same thing with drugs. I can't really take any drugs except for ones that are natural plant-based, which a lot of a lot of medications, a lot of big pharma medicines are natural plant-based. Um, and those I can take, but a lot of other things are are not. They're pure synthetic. Almost all opiates these days are th- synthetic. I can't take any of those. They will kill me. Um, the jab, synthetic. So that's why I think there's a lot fewer people. I'd be very interested to see a study of, I mean, if we ever actually found out, you know, if they were ever to tell us who actually died from the jab um, and how many there were, I'd be interested to see a study of what those people's blood types were that died from the jab, because I'm betting a large percentage of them are RH negative. Uh, and, and I think one of the reasons for the jab is to target RH negatives. Right. Uh, and I was, I was going to say that too. And it's so interesting that um, throughout the ages, like you said, you know, it, it was proof of evolution and it was proof we came from monkeys until they were like, well, shit, no, uh, that's not true. Cause there's a percentage of the population that doesn't have this at all, but they never walked it back. And, exactly. and even like you said, it not even being the same protein, it's a similar protein, but it's not the same, that they've never bothered to disclose that to anybody. And so there's people out there that, that still believe wholeheartedly in the, quote, science that we came from monkeys. Yeah. And there's, you know, it's funny because there's lay people that believe that, but when you actually talk to scientists most scientists that go into real science, they go in as atheists and they come out as true believers mm-hmm. almost all the time because yep. there are things that they just cannot explain. Um, science is 
magic given definition. That's, I mean, I can't, I can't really explain it any better. Um, but as far as, so the, the RH negative traits, qualities, uh, most people's blood is iron based. RH negative blood is copper based. We have high concentrations of copper, um, low iron. We tend towards anemia. Um, in fact, you know, I find it disturbing that doctors don't treat based on blood type. And, and I don't mean fad diets because there's a lot of those, you know, there's blood type diets and whatnot. I mean, actual treatment because, you know, an RH negative person will go in and the doctor will uh, will run a a full blood panel and they'll be like, oh, you're severely anemic. You need to take more iron. No, we're not. We're anemic for an RH positive standard, but not for an RH negative standard. We don't require as much iron. Um, we are, our body is more copper based. Uh, we are electrical conduits. So, because copper is an electrical conduit. Um, so we'll, we'll drain energy. Most recently I, I broke my dishwasher. I completely, I, I blew the motor in my dishwasher, right? I've, um, completely drained mixed Ryobi batteries from just moving it from the kitchen counter onto the floor and holding it, holding onto it for too long. Battery drained. Um, I've, I, I drained my car battery. The Ryobi battery is actually more expensive to place, replace than my car battery, but I've, I've drained my car battery. Um, and it was a new car and a pretty new battery. So, you know, I mean, these things just, I, I can pop a light bulb. It's, it's crazy. Do you find that, um, like you can't wear a watch? I cannot wear a watch. Yeah. And I'm the exact same way. I cannot wear a watch either. That may or may not hint to you. um, Yeah. Yeah. We want to talk about that. But uh, now like an Apple watch I can wear because it it recharges every, every night, but I can't wear it all day. I can only wear it for like maybe six to eight hours. And they're supposed to go for a couple of days before you have to recharge them. Um, And well, and that was true until last September when I had a crazy experience that we actually just talked about on True Spiracy on Saturday because we do a show on Saturdays uh, at 9 p.m. called True Spiracy where we dig into the darkest conspiracy theories. It's a lot of fun. Um, but we we told that uh, we were training angel stories with Justin from Cannabis and Combat. It was a blast. Anyway, um, after September of last year, instead of draining energy, all of a sudden I started putting out energy. So I would charge my cell phone by holding it in my hand. Um, I, I mean, I'd go like three days without charging my cell phone and I'm on my cell phone all the time. Um, I had so much electrical energy coming out of me. Like I had to find someplace to put it. I actually went out and got a couple of stones and I'm, I've never been really one into stones or anything like that, but I needed some, some place to put all of this energy. So I, I put it into a stone. Um, and, uh, and that stone became very powerful and then disappeared. Crazy. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, CIA, NSA. Yeah. Yeah. It'll turn back up again when I need it right now. It's it's gone. You know, the, the interesting thing that, um, that you talked about it a minute ago was, um, it would be wonderful to know like who, or what blood types were affected by the vaccination and, and what their status is. Because one of um, the things that it's run by the NSA, it was started in like 1972, it was called Project Mannequin. 
And Project Mannequin is basically the targeting of people that are RH negative blood types. Um, a lot of times people are kidnapped or they're sold into the program. Um, they have weird events surrounding them. They're followed all the time. They're monitored all the time. Um, and it was this big, huge operation. And it's another one of their mind control experiments because people with RH negative blood have a lot of very unique characteristics in the sense that we are very, um, people with RH negative blood are very intelligent, um, you know, and all kinds of other things. And, and what it is, is people that have an RH negative complete deletion of the, the D gene, um, that's the protein. Yep. When, and it's usually just in the Caucasian race. And those are the people that the NSA has been running these secret ops on and targeting since the early 1970s. And they use them for the remote viewing program, their psychic programs, because RH negative people tend to be more empathic. Yes. Empathic. Um, uh -huh. And, and, you know, empathy is, empathy is a really tricky gift because it's not just it's not just feeling what someone else feels, which is kind of the traditional definition of empathy, but it's also being able to control the emotions of the people around you. Right. Um, it both in, in a, a one-on-one -on -one or, you know, small groups, or sometimes even in large groups, like really strong empaths can control an entire crowd. You see a lot of, um, a, a lot of leaders, you know, a, a lot of, and, and it's no, small thing that almost all of the royal families are RH negative, mm -hmm. right? Um, and some of the most charismatic entertainers and politicians are also RH negative. They're highly empathic. They can manipulate the emotions of large crowds of people. Right. Um, it would not surprise me to see that Donald Trump was RH negative, to be quite honest. Well, and you know, too, um, since the blood is copper based um, and we are electrical beings anyway, and this is for every human on the planet, your body runs on an electrical current system. Your heart runs on electrical current, uh, your nerve synapses, everything in your body runs, runs on an electrical current. But RH negative people are so um, much more in tune to that. Cause like you said, um, being able to drain energy, being able to put out energy. And so that makes the RH negative people even more of a target to study and to do experiments on because it's like they are their own electrical current and they yeah. can affect things around them. So that makes RH negative people even more you know, susceptible, I guess, to the, uh, manipulation and the genetics and, and such. Um, manipulation on a, yes, on a, on a physical level, right. but right. on a, on an emotional level, I think right. so much less so, right? Because correct, we, we tend to, we're the black sheep, 
right? If everyone's mm-hmm. going in this direction, we're like, no, no, there's a cliff over there. Hello. Does anyone <laughs> see that? I'm going this way. No, y'all are blind sheeple. I'm no, right? Wait, we, wait, wait. The news <laughs> said go this way. What? We all went the other way. Because, yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where, like you said, the physical physical abilities are easily manipulated and changed, but not the mental capabilities because the mental capabilities of people with RH negative blood are so much stronger than everyone else. You know, it's crazy. Like when you're growing up RH negative and you always feel a little different, like a little... It just, you know, you're not the same. Like you see all these other kids with their cliques and whatnot, and you, at, they they start group think so early on. And right. I just never got it, just never really fit in. Mm-hmm. And and I never really understood what was wrong with me, but at the same time, I really didn't give a shit, you know? So, um, I, <laughs> hmm, this sounds familiar. <laughs> it's like, I really, I mean, I just never really cared what people thought, but. I, because I always felt like something or someone was watching me. Like right. there was always something, I don't know. I always, like I had a guardian angel. Like I always felt protected somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I didn't know where that came from either, but I, I could never understand why everyone else didn't think the same way that I did. Like couldn't see past the obvious to the point where they don't even understand the metaphor that you're missing the forest for the trees right? Like they don't even know what that means. N- never mind actually getting that that's what they're doing. Um, I never understood how people didn't, didn't think like that until I got older. And I realized that I was so different from most everybody else. And, and, and then I finally understood why. And it is about blood. And, you know, the Bible tells us, watch the blood, watch the bloodlines. The bloodlines are important. The blood is important. It is. The blood is very important. Um, you know, and that's something I watched this, this show on, uh, well, not really a show. This guy put it out called us them. Someone posted it in our telegram chat channel and it was really, really interesting and uh, and they they did it in response to the choose Beer episode we did about RH negative bloodlines. So um, and this kind of completely blew me away. But in this, it's talking about how the the copper v- blood versus the iron blood. All right, and it goes back to Genesis and Adam and Eve and the Book of Enoch, right? Because the Book of Enoch tells so much more of the story than the Bible that we have now does, right? So you learn in the book of Enoch that God didn't turn the serpent into an actual serpent until after the whole incident where he offered Eve the fruit of, of knowledge, right? The fruit of the poisonous tree of knowledge. So what was he before then? What was he, what was the quote unquote serpent when he initially had this interaction with Eve? Well, he was a, he was a fallen angel right? He was what we would call a Nephilim or he was one that was cast out from heaven. Okay. So what, what is the fruit of the poisonous tree? I mean, they teach us in Sunday school when we're children that it's an apple. Well, maybe that's because they don't want to tell us what it really is when you're children and then it gets lost over time, what it truly is. 
but how do you how do you truly know yourself? How do you really gain knowledge and wisdom? Like what is the defining point in your life when you change? And really it's when you when you know another person in what they call the biblical sense. Well, why do they call it the biblical sense? Um, it's when you have when you lose your virginity, when you when you have sex with someone, when you swap DNA. So in this this thing, us them, um, he supposed, and, and here's another, this is crazy, but here's another trait of RH negative women. You know that RH negative women tend to get their periods for quite a long time after they get pregnant, right? Um, sometimes up to like six months. Well, you only get your period because you've released another egg, right? Um, so, and this actually just, there was just a story about this maybe in the last six months that um, this woman got pregnant with twins, but from two different fathers. Mm -hmm. So she got, you know, she, she had, she released one egg and she got pregnant and then she, I don't know, was with another guy and released another egg within, you know, a couple, within four weeks and got pregnant again, two babies, two different dads in, in the same pregnancy. So this supposed that the serpent offered Eve, the fruit of the poisonous tree of the knowledge of carnal interaction. Mm -hmm. And then what did Eve do? Eve turned around to Adam and said, Hey, look what I learned. You want to come do it with me? Let's go. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the serpent was still there. They talk about that in the book of Enoch, right? The serpent also offered this up to Adam. They had a menage a trois. They had a threesome. They got it on. And Eve got pregnant by both the serpent and Adam. And Cain was the blood of the serpent, the copper-based blood, and Abel was the son of Adam, the iron-based blood, the blood from, you know, iron is from the earth, from, from the clay, and copper is from more from water um, or from the air, right? So, um, yeah, that kind of blew me away. I was like, holy shit. And you're shit. like, what? What? <laughs> you are never you are never too old to learn something new or hear something new. Yes. Not not saying that everything that we read or look into uh is always true, but you know, it's good to investigate all sides and not wholeheartedly believe everything they say. Oh yeah. I don't generally believe anything like it. You, you have to, I mean, you have to really pound it into me. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> we can't meet That's a whole other show <laughs> right there. That's coming up on the next episode. No. Yeah. So, you know, the, the RH negative bloodline is so interesting because of all the different stories about, you know, or speculation, I guess, because no one knows for sure what it could be, mm -hmm. whether uh, it is from extraterrestrial, terrestrials, from, uh, you know, uh, another dimension, or it's the bloodline of, you know, demons or, quote, lizard people, or, you know, even discussion of it being 
the descendant line of Jesus. Yep. And that's, so, it, that's, that's actually the one that I believe the most. And that's just because, um, now I, I know where my RH negative blood comes from. Like a lot of people, they discover their RH negative and they're like, how is that possible? You know, mm-hmm. am I Basque, which the Basque, the Basque is a very small community in, um, spin. Yeah. Like kind of on the Spanish French border. Um, up in the mountains and they are like 95% RH negative and they have their own language, which is not related to any other language. I mean, it's completely unique. Almost all languages on this planet uh, come from somewhere else. They're either, you know, they're Germanic or they're romantic or, you know, they're, they're Mm -hmm. Latin based or they're Cyrillic based or whatever. Um, But the Basque have truly their own unique language um, they, they tend towards blonde hair and blue eyes, which is another characteristic trait. Um, they're, uh, what they call, uh, uh, heterochromatic. Okay. Which means that either your eyes are two different colors, like one eye is one color, one eye is the other color, or mm-hmm. your eyes can change color or your hair is multicolored. Like I have, my hair is all different colors. It's blonde, brown, red, um, you know, I mean, I, I have all colors in my hair. I didn't know that that was unusual mm-hmm. until I worked in a hair salon and they're like, oh my God, where's all these, like, you had your hair dyed before? And I was like, no, this is just my natural hair color. Like, I've never seen hair with different color. Everyone's hair is just black or, you know, just right. brown. Right. Um, but again, it's the blonde and the red and whatnot where you have those multicolors. So heterochromatic. Mm-hmm. Um, so all, all of these traits the Basque people very much have them. So my family, my, and my lineage is kind of crazy. Um, but my, well, my two great grandmothers, one was a red haired, uh, Hungarian witch. And the other was a black haired Romanian gypsy witch. Okay. So the black haired Romanian gypsy, witch actually, got it on with King Ludwig of Bavaria, um, who was the founder of the, hmm, get this, Bavarian Illuminati and built New Schwanstein Castle, which the Disney castle is modeled after. Mm-hmm. So is that interesting? But he had a series of mistresses all over Bavaria and he built them all little mini castles, little little chateaus, right? Oh, well, that like, was nice of him. Yeah. And he would travel from one to the other, just, you know, a, a mistress, whatever, wherever. Um, and, and he had lots of children. He had no legitimate children. Uh, he actually died of syphilis before he could have any legitimate children. I, I wonder why. Um, <laughs> That's ironic. <laughs> right? But he had a lot of bastard children and they did not keep records then of the bastard lines. They didn't consider them to be important and they should have. At that time, they didn't consider them to be important. So, um, and that was the late 1800s. Okay. Uh, so, so my great, great grandfather was a, a, a Wittensbach, okay, um, which King Ludwig's father was Emperor Maximilian of the Austrian-Hungarian Empire. So, the, and that, then you can trace that further back. And the further back you go, you always come to the end, you come to Sarah. And Sarah is a biblical name. It was originally spelled 
Zara, Z-A-R-A-H. And over time it changed to Sarah. Um, but Sarah was the child of Jesus and Mary Magdalene. So Mary, and here's the, here's where the Basque play in. So Mary Magdalene was pregnant with a child when Jesus was crucified. She was smuggled out of Jerusalem very quickly and sent to France to have her child uh, up into the mountains. And they founded actually the first Coptic churches, like the first real churches based on Jesus' teaching. Because the Catholic church, I'm sorry, is not based it's on not. Yeah, It's not. Yeah, it's not. Right. No. Um, I can it, say that because I grew up in the Catholic church. And that is why I'm no longer there. Mm-hmm. Sure. There we go. So, but the Coptic Christians um, were the first real was really the only church that was based truly on Jesus' teachings. And funny that they were then, they were slaughtered later on, but they're the ones that got out, the descendants, where did they flee? They fled to the mountains of Spain in between, you know, right over the French border there. Um, And I'm terrible at geography, but essentially they formed the Basque. So that's where that RH negative line comes from. Now, Mary went back to Jerusalem um, and then, when she died, they actually took her body out of Jerusalem and sent it back to France. But her daughter, Sarah, ended up marrying into the royal families because she was protected, right? The Knights Templar were literally formed to protect the descendants of Jesus and Mary, to, to protect the Holy Grail, to protect the descendants of, the descendants of Jesus and Mary. Um, so they were Wait, protected. Let me, let me stop you um, for a second. And I think that's important for a lot of people uh, to understand when, you know, you watch movies and stuff and they talk about finding the Holy Grail and, and people think it's a chalice or a cup. You know, and I've talked about this before. It is not that is it is definitely lineage. It is bloodlines. Yes. That that is it is a womb. What, what they're in search of. It is a womb. It is um and Jesus understood this and he tried to get his followers to understand this, but we should be a matriarchal society. In fact, in his time, they were primarily a matriarchal society, right? Um, we are now to a degree, but, um, you know, they say behind every strong man, there's a woman rolling her eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's so true. <laughs> um, you know, my husband defers to me when push comes to shove, you know, it's ultimately, he understands that ultimately it's ultimately it's going to be my decision, even when it's his life on the line. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's maybe maybe that's because of my blood. Maybe he does that instinctively. Um because I again I know that not all relationships are like that. And I don't understand why. Like right. why do women not exert their psychic dominance? Because you know we have it. Right? I mean I'm gonna change your emotions. Exactly. <laughs> Like, and you're gonna bend to my will. Just put your damn foot. I mean, you gotta choose your battles, but sometimes you just gotta put your damn foot down and say, No, you're being an idiot. Stop already. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dan Brown had it mostly right. What he didn't have right is that he said there was only one descendant left or two descendants left of Jesus and Mary. That is not true. They are everywhere. They they are 
not as plentiful as we would like, but I'd say maybe 5% of the population. Well, and here's a question, and this may sound uh, strange to a lot of people, but do you think um, that that is one reason for shutting down uh, churches and burning down churches and stuff like that? Um, it's because uh, the lineage, the bloodlines, the people that are of Christ, of God, uh, they gather together. Actually, I think there's a different reason for that. I don't think that has so much to do. Maybe, I mean, maybe a bit to do with the bloodlines, but I think that more has to do with the fact, um, because, you know, they plan everything. They planned everything for right. decades, centuries, millennia, right? Everything right. is planned. Right. so planned out. It's ridiculous. But I actually, I think that the jab disconnects people from God at the genetic level. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this plenty of right. times before. Right. Um, and I, I think. So it, that, explain mm-hmm. that again real quick. Yes. So, and I, I came to this um, and I found other evidence since to back it up, but I came to this because my son goes to a private Catholic military high school, which is fabulous. Um, and I homeschool our younger son. So our older son is learning Latin because he's in a, you know, Benedictine Catholic school. So my younger son wanted to learn Latin. I was like, all right, well, that sounds like fun. Let's learn Latin together. So given that my, the focus of my research for our show tends to be COVID and the jab and whatnot, one of the first things I did, I said, well, let's look at, let's learn root words, right? That's what you have to learn in Latin first anyways, the right. root words. So I was right. like, well, let's, let's, let's find the root word for God. The root word for God is Deo. Deo, deity, right? So mm-hmm. Dio. And then I'm like, okay, so what's, and, and then there, then you start breaking it down. I was like, well, Dio, what starts with Dio? Well, DNA does, right? It's dioxyribonucleic acid. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, let's break all that down. So Dio is God. Oxy is one. Ribo means truth or translator, but in this sense, truth. Nucleic is inside and acid is fire. So DNA literally translates to the truth of the one God and the fire inside. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then your ribonucleic acid is the translator to the fire inside. And then your messenger RNA brings the message from the truth of the one God inside to the translator and back again. And if you think it doesn't go back again, you're entirely wrong. They proved that with that intertranscriptive cellular liver study they did that shows that it actually does change your DNA because the message goes back. Right. right? It goes back into your DNA. So, but I think at the same time, when you change your DNA, when you change the truth of the one God and the fire inside, it is no longer the truth. You are no longer connected to God at the mm-hmm. genetic level. Right. And, and and I think you can get that back, but I think that's a lot of the reason why so many people have seemingly devolved into violence and like, a, they, I mean, literally a lack of humanity, right? right. What is our, our, our humanity is feeling empathy for other people or sympathy for other people, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to associate with other people without wanting to beat the shit out of them, right? Right. That's our humanity. And they've lost that. Now they just beat the shit out of each other. We see (laughs) videos of, you know, people just brawling in restaurants and on airplanes and in movie theaters. I mean, it's crazy. Just like, just people going at each other. They've lost their humanity. They've lost their Mm -hmm. connection to God at the genetic level. And even if they're not if they're not religious, I think it makes it worse because 
they're not able to hang on to it. People that go to church every Sunday, even after they've taken the jab, they're able to hang on to that connection on an emotional level, even if they no longer have it on a physical level. Right. And after a while, specifically 40 days, it will heal on the physical level, which is why they're starting to roll the booster out closer and closer. And I think we're going to get to the point where they say you have to have a booster every 40 days right. or close, uh, which is approximately six weeks. And I've heard that time frame been presented that you should have a booster every six weeks. Right. Um, so, so that's why I think that the jab disconnects you from God. And then the other evidence that I found after that, there was a Greek priest monk who was interviewing some of his other priest monk colleagues. Of course, it was all in Greek, but you know, we got it translated. And he's talking about how like some of his priest monks, and these are the some of the holiest people on earth, after they got the jab, they they physically couldn't even enter a church for 40 days. They they felt like God was no longer talking to them. They could no longer talk to God. They could no longer feel God inside them. Right, because that the connection of the Holy Spirit inside of you is broken. Exactly, exactly. So I think that's why they shut down the churches, because even once the churches started opening up again, you don't see the same level of participation that you saw previously. And right. even then, that level of participation was really starting to dwindle. I mean, you saw fewer and fewer people going to church every week because they've been trying to take God out of our lives for decades. Decades, absolutely. Right. So Actually, centuries, because... There's a book that was written in the 1700s that laid out basically this whole plan about, you know, uh, removing God from the families um, and and basically separating families and removing the father from the home and basically forcing the children um, into not only single parent households, but also into more of the um, school system or daycare system or aftercare or whatever, because when they're separated from their parents, they're more easily controlled. And Absolutely. we see, we see a lot of that today. A That's lot why they that. didn't want parents watching the zoom classes of their kids' schools when they right. were doing school online during COVID. Oh no, no, you can't, you can't watch. You got to sign a piece of paper saying that you're not going to watch your kid's zoom class. Yep. I'm yes. sorry. What? And they, and they said, um, it was for safety and privacy reasons. Um, if you're a parent and you have a child, you pretty much know the kids in their class anyway. Yeah. Or at least I always did. You know, but that's where I think it comes from parental involvement. And when there's parents that, you know, I, I just get up and go to school and you know, like they don't want to be involved with it. Of course, they're not going to watch the Zoom classes and stuff because they don't even partake when it's a physical interaction, you know, they're at the school. So, yeah. But the mistake that they made was shutting us all down at the same time. Right. Right. Because, right. you know, that, that was really true. Like parents didn't participate. They didn't go to PTA meetings. They didn't do, you know, school lunch lines or whatever, because they were so involved in their own rat race. They're getting up, going to work, you know, like get up, get the kids ready, get them out the door on the bus, go to work, come home, you know, get, get the kids from aftercare or, or whatever. Maybe they're latchkey kids, make dinner, clean up the house, go to bed, rinse, repeat, you know, right. it, over and over again. They didn't, they didn't have the energy 
to participate in their kids' lives because their lives were so controlled. They didn't even realize they were such slaves to the system. I, me, me too. I, you know, and I, I, I knew it and I participated in it in such a way, like I knew I was in a rat race. And then when I got shut down from COVID, I was like, whoa, whoa, there's so much better stuff to do. <laughs> like, wow. There's so many more interesting things. Like, this is fantastic. <laughs> And, you know, so, but I think, you know, pulling people out of the churches at that time and this plan of getting people away from God for the last 300 years, Mm -hmm. because now when they have disconnected us from God at the physical genetic level, people don't even recognize that it's really gone. I mean, they feel like something is missing, but they don't really know what Mm -hmm. because they've not had it. They've not had that that feeling that feeling that you get when you go to church and that feeling washes over you that there's something that's so much greater than you right. that no matter what you do it's it's really kind of insignificant in a way in comparison to this amazing you know omnipotent creator that is controlling all of our lives, even if we don't realize it. And f- for the longest time, I didn't realize it really until last September. I I was, I was very ambivalent towards God or source or whatever. I, I knew it was there, but I didn't think he gave a shit about us. Right. Where was the proof that he cared about us? If he cared about us, why was the world such shit? Right. But right. the world was such shit because we made it that way. Didn't right. have anything to do with God. Um, and that's what I came to, to discover on my own. Cause humans are fallible. Mm-hmm. And um, none of us are without sin. And if you're not on the path that you're supposed to be on, you fall into, you know, choosing what what you want in the, in the fleshly desires. And so whether it's, you know, fornication, sex, whatever you want to say, um, drinking, drugs, you know, whatever because we're we're in instant gratification kind of people and we we seek out those things which is not the path that we're supposed to be on and so i think sometimes people miss the message but there are also the people that go through uh life with a lot of speed bumps Mm -hmm. you know and it's like Um, when you're doing things or on a path you're not supposed to be on, that's when things keep happening that are wrong. Like you hear people say all the time, oh my God, I've had a shit day ever since I woke up this morning. Everything has gone wrong. Yep. Because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Because that's when you need to reevaluate your life. If you work in a job that you hate, you're in a relationship that you hate, um, you know, at all of that stuff, you have to reevaluate like what it is in your life that you can change to get back to where you should be. Or so. sometimes it's just really that God is trying to talk to you. He's yeah. trying to get your attention. Yeah, and you're absolutely. Not listening. You're just yeah. not listening. You don't know how to listen anymore. That's the thing. People don't know how to listen anymore. So yeah. Um, and that's the thing because our, our paths are predetermined for us into what we should be doing. And with the disconnection um, with the vaccinations or closing down the churches, um, 
or throwing all of these other pieces of the puzzle, you know, the, all the propaganda and all of that stuff at us at once. We're like ADD squirrels. We're constantly looking all over the place other than where we should be focused at to get back to that connection, which leads back to the bloodlines. Yeah. You know, it's the other interesting thing about, or another interesting thing about RH negative people is that we tend to find each other, right? Mm -hmm. Considering that there are so few of us. Right. I think I've met more RH negative people in the past two years on my journey than I've ever met in my entire life. And we recognize each other. And if you think you can't tell someone by their blood type, you are sadly mistaken. So agreed. Um, that's why when you met me, you're like, ah. Yes, no. absolutely. No, totally. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Like, and there are, there are, you know, some of our listeners are the same way. I'm like, you're RH negative. You're RH negative. Like mm -hmm. I can tell. Right. Um, if you, you do a poll in like one of the, you know, telegram chat groups, like, you know, no COVID vaccine or, or vaccine injury, something like that. You do a poll in there and I, most of the people that have not taken the jab, they're RH negative. And considering mm -hmm. how few of us there are, that's really saying something. So um, they also say that uh, we can tell the future, mm -hmm. which is interesting because it's not really so much being able to tell the future as being able to sense the the energies around you, the pattern, the change of things, mm -hmm. and having that closer connection to the source and and being able to listen to God on a maybe a different level that sometimes we and some some are straight up precogs, absolutely. But you know, sometimes we can just we sense that something's coming, that something is changing, like right now right? We sense that something is changing. And what you said before about, about free will and that we've all been, you know, we have a path. I don't think that's true of everyone. I think there are a lot of NPCs, especially these days. But at the same time, I think there are a lot of people, 144,000 to be exact, that have already been judged, that were, we chose to be here in this time, in this place for a specific purpose. And that was the last choice that we had. That mm -hmm. was when we gave up our free will before we came to this time in this place and that we are here for a specific purpose. And um, and we are following a very predetermined, predefined path. Right. And God forbid that we stray from that path because it it will go really bad really fast. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and and that's so important what you said, because most people um, that I know that know what their purpose is. They're very, very driven in that aspect. And then you have other people around you, maybe family members or friends or whatever, that don't feel like they have a purpose, that don't know what their purpose is, that don't have that connection or that um, like need within themselves to have that kind of drive. Now, let me ask you a question. Um with having the RH negative blood and the drive and the purpose and the connection to source or God or whatever word people want to use for it, do you also feel a connection to the earth? Oh, most definitely. Um, me specifically to water. Like I, and it, probably part of that is because I'm a Scorpio. 
you know, mm-hmm. because that does also play into it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Same. Yes. But, uh, Don't mess with the Scorpions. <laughs> no, we will fuck you up. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I love, you know, I was, one of my favorite things that I did during COVID was I started a vegetable garden and, and it was huge and thriving and amazing. And it was mostly a container garden because we were at our, our old house before we moved. And I knew we were, I was in the process of, because I was off for a long time anyway, you know, renovating the house, getting it ready to sell. So I wasn't about to dig out half my yard and plant a vegetable garden. So I got some, you know, I got some raised beds and I got a bunch of containers and I had this great container garden going. And then I got called back to work for six weeks and I didn't get to pay attention to my plants and talk to them and touch them and, um, and, and push energy into them the way I was doing before that. And they died. Well, Except you know, for Hansel, and I was so upset. So now, what I'm doing right now, now that I'm I'm not working, I'm homeschooling. Um, we moved into this great house, a lot of land. I've been I've dug out two four by eight, four foot by eight foot vegetable beds so far. Um, I've got a whole another container garden going. I started from seeds, and same thing. You know, I I talk to them, I touch them, I I put my hands in the dirt to make sure that it's you know it's it's good. Um, and yeah, I've, I've got a great connection to the earth and we moved from one Island to another. So I'm still by the water, um, just an hour South of where we were before. So, but you know about you too, and you and I are like totally identical in all of these aspects, but also the connection to animals. Yes. Like huge, like, uh, my husband laughs at me all the time because, like I will sit outside at night or whatever, or during the day and there's, you know, all kinds of wildlife out in the yard or there's lizards or, you know, different kinds of frogs or toads or whatever. And I'm constantly talking to them. And I'm <laughs> like, like, there was this little teeny little bitty tiny, like the size of the tip of my pinky the other night, this little frog and it was all by itself. And I was like, do you need me to be your mommy? I'll be your best friend. Come here, I'll hold you. I'll pick you up. And he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's just my thing. And it, and you become like not only the plant whisperer, but like the animal whisperer and, and stuff like that too. And yeah. that's a huge trait for pretty much everybody that I know that is of the same <clears throat> bloodline. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, we, so we got a puppy, we're getting, we, we're getting two puppies, right? So we got one and we were fighting over who was going to get their puppy first, Mick and I. And I was like, I have to get my puppy first. And he said, why? And I said, because if you get your puppy first, I will steal it. It will bond with me mm-hmm. and it won't be your puppy. Like that's just what, will, if I get my puppy first, you have a slim chance of exactly. stealing your dog. That I won't also be your dog's mom. <laughs> so, because so, I've stolen every dog I've ever met. I mean, we, we literally, we fostered a dog for a year. Well, um, one of Mick's friends, he deployed and his wife had two young kids and it was a German shepherd. She was like a year and a half old and she was crazy. And you know, the, the wife just didn't think that she could handle the German shepherd. And, you know, and so Mick was like, yeah, of course we'll take the dog. No problem. So dreamer, she came and lived with us for a year and, and she was amazing. Right. And it took me a while to get into her head. But once I did, like she was, she was my dog. And then he came home. And they came and they picked up the dog 
And she, and I was just coming home from work when they were leaving and I pulled in to the driveway as they were pulling out and she jumped out the back window of the car to come and see me before she left. Right. And so I got out of the car and I said goodbye to her or whatnot. And then, you know, I put her back in the car and I told her she had to go back with her family and go home. And Janet, I tell you not three months later, they call me back and they're like, I don't know what you did to this dog, but can you please take her back? (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. I really can't. I just got another dog. (laughs) You're going to have to learn to be a dog parent again. (laughs) I miss her so much that I had to get another dog. So I'm sorry. I really, I can't. Um, but you know, cause I got, I got in her head and that's just, just what it was like. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Mick's going to get his puppy this coming weekend. And, uh, so we even got down to where I was like, I probably shouldn't go with you to get the puppy. Like you should probably take your friend <laughs> to drive to Alabama to get this puppy because otherwise I'm going to steal your dog on the way home. <laughs> Like we might consider sleeping in separate bedrooms for the first month, you with your dog and me with mine, because otherwise I'm going to steal your dog. And it's one of those things that just happens, but that's, that's like another one of those traits. And there are so many, Yeah, you know, that uh, like tie everybody together. So the, you know, like you talked about earlier, the high levels of intuition and it's not just, um, you know, like feeling that something's coming or, or whatever, but, you know, and I've told this story before, like, um, we were downtown at a show one time and we went outside to get some air because it was super hot in, inside. And so we were sitting out on the curb and like the, all the hair on the back of my neck and everything just like stood up. And I was like, we have to go now. I'm like, because something really, really bad is getting ready to happen. And so he knows whenever I have one of those, like, we got to go. And we left. And on the way home, we hear on the radio that there was like a shooting, like a the gunman went crazy and, and started shooting people. And it was literally right after we left. And the people that were still there were we're running to try to get away. And I was like, okay, yeah. So it's, it's intuition about a lot of things or intuition that, you know, somebody's going to get a, you know, the job that they want or whatever. You just get that sense and that feeling. It's kind of like ESP, you know, that extra sensory <laughs> perception. Well, they, you know, they do say our senses, our sense, senses are significantly heightened. Heightened. Um, can you smell things that no one else smells? Oh my God. It's like being pregnant all the time, (laughs) but me, my hearing is insane. Like when I was at work and I worked in a hotel and so there was always, I mean, there's always people around the phones are ringing off the hook. You got Mm -hmm. people in the back offices that are talking and the operators are talking on the phones. You might have two operators on the phones, people in the back office talking on the phones, four or five people at the front desk with four or five different, you know, checking agents, checking them in. And I could sit in my office down the hall from where the operators are on the phones. Okay. So probably a hundred yards from where the operators are on the phones. And then 
the front desk is right in front of that with another wall on the other side. And mm-hmm. I could listen to the conversations that they were having on the phones, not, not just the operator side, but the guests on the other end, their side, and the people at the front desk talking to the check-in agents. And like, it would drive them nuts because I'd come running out and they didn't even know I was back there. And like, I just come running out because I'd hear someone say something that was really wrong. You know, I'd be like, no, 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 that's no, no, I'm sorry. You can't, you can't have that suite. I'm, you know, no, you can't give them that room. There's an issue in there. And it was really because someone else had booked it and they were fucking up, but you know, whatever it was, um, or my boss, my boss's office was on the opposite side of the hall and all the way down the other end. And he'd pick up the phone and he'd call me. And it was like I was hearing an echo in stereo, right? Because I can hear him in his office and I can hear him on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening on the phone and I'm like, can you please stop calling me? And he's like, what? I'm like, just talk. And he's like, what? I'm, you don't even have to yell. Just talk. Just say, hey, V, I, I need you in here. Or hey, V, can you go check on the desk? Or hey, V, can you do this? You don't even have your have to raise your voice. I can hear you. And it blew him away all the time, but it's true. And I've never had an ear infection, which probably contributes to that. So like when I go to the doctor, they call in every single person in the building to look at my ears because I have no scar tissue. I have a perfect half moon. Like I have perfect ears. I do have, um, some myopia because I have astigmatism. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, my sense of smell is exceptional. My sense of touch is pretty exceptional. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But then your other senses are, are definitely heightened as well. Like you can feel when people get up close to you, right? Like, you know, you're watching a movie. What was I watching? Oh, we went to see the Batman yesterday. It was terrible, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. So, I mean, how can they just leave the Batman alone? Can they just not put the no. woke <laughs> political narrative? Q is a horrible person and bring about the downfall of democracy and the January Sixers are horrible and we need to kill them all. Like literally like that's the overtone of the narrative that's in this movie. Oh, just that's leave nice. it alone, right? But there's this one scene where the Riddler is creeping up behind the commissioner um, and it, he's like two feet behind him. And I'm like, how do you not sense that this person is behind you, right? Like I can walk into my empty house and sense that there was someone there, even if they're not there anymore, like that there was someone there that didn't necessarily belong there or wasn't normally there while I was gone, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'll walk in the house and I'll look at Mick and I'll be like, who is here? He'll be like, I, you know, so-and-so stopped by and he like gives me the sideway look and I'm like, okay. You know, like I just, there's, (laughs) but how can you not sense someone that's like standing right behind you? I there's a, there's a lot of people like that, but it's like, um, I can know when somebody's close to me because I, I pick up their energy. Exactly. It, that's exactly it. That's but exactly I, it. people that have never experienced that, it's very hard for them to understand, um, like reading an aura or feeling someone else's energy or, you know, any of that stuff. It's, it's like beyond their fathom of what you're talking about. You know, I, my, uh, so my oldest child is RH positive with negative alleles, right? Because Mick is positive with negative alleles. Mick's, um, one of his parents is positive. One of his parents is negative. So as my older son, um, my youngest son is, is RH negative all the way. And he is so empathic that homeschooling has been great because 
he got to the point where he literally could not distinguish between his feelings and someone else's. He got so overwhelmed. So being home for the majority of this year, and and he's mostly talking to people online, you know, I'll hang out with a friend here and there, but he's really just been with me and I've been teaching him how to shield and how to separate emotions and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then we went to St. Patrick's Day and he was part of the flag contingent. I mean, there's thousands of people around. And it was the first time that he'd been in that kind of a, a crowd, that kind of a situation. Right. And he was able to distinguish his feelings from other people's feelings. And he came to me afterwards and he was almost crying and he was like, I love homeschool, but I really, I want to go back to school now because I'm, I'm ready to deal with people again. Right. And it was because he learned how to distinguish between his, his feelings and other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, now that you can distinguish between those and separate those. You can block off those feelings from affecting Mm -hmm. you. And you can also, I mean, not just, you can push them away. You can push them back on people sometimes, which which makes it worse. Mm -hmm. Or you can send your feelings out to other people to help help them manage their own feelings. Like if you're feeling a lot of anger or fear from someone, you can send out feelings of calm or love to help Mm -hmm. calm them down, you know? I, I do that with Mick a lot. You know, I get very calm when he gets very, sometimes, you know, you know how he gets. Um, and sometimes I'm just like, fuck it. And I push his buttons because it's fun. And then he has a stroke. So. <laughs> and then ambulance has to come pick him up and take him to the hospital. I try not to do that anymore. Yeah, fuck it with him. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> so. It's a special relationship, people. It is. <laughs> so um, we know uh, you don't think you're a lizard person, right? No, I, I don't think I'm a lizard person per se, although I do have a theory about that too because – and well, maybe. Um, so I, maybe I, you're a lizard or well, maybe you have a theory. <laughs> maybe I'm a lizard. Um Definitely maybe an alien, but I think aliens and demons and angels and even lizard people are all interdimensional creatures, right? That's just what I think. Um, so I told you that one of, one of my grandmothers, the, uh, the dark haired Romanian witch who gave birth to the bastard prince. Anyway, um, my other grandmother, the red haired or great grandmother, the, the red haired Hungarian witch. So, and this, this story is just fucking, I mean, I have so many crazy stories, but this is just crazy. So my profile picture, um, on everywhere, Twitter and, and truth social and whatever is this picture that I found online. Uh, I would have been a year ago last July. So almost two years ago now. And when I found it, I was like, why is there a picture of me online dressed in a 1920s German uniform? What the fuck? What is this? Right. And I was drawn to it and I, it looked, it looks just like me. It's crazy. And so I started doing some research and, um, this woman, her name is Maria Orsic and she was Hitler's personal medium, um, prior to world war II. She also happened to be the person who went and warned my grandfather to get out of Austria prior to the Anschluss and take as much of his family out as he could. And she had brought her daughter with her at the time. 
but her daughter didn't know that she was her daughter. So anyway, so Maria Orsic was born in Hungary in the late 1800s, and um, she was well known as a medium, uh, a witch essentially, and she went to Munich with her fiance, um, and she was one of the founders of the Vril Society. So the Vril Society, and it's changed over time, of course. It's it's different now than it was then. Um, but the first mention that we hear of the word Vril is from a book that was published in 1892. It was an anonymous manuscript that showed up at this very small publisher in England and somehow managed to get a worldwide huge distribution very quickly. Sound like it was planned? Anyway. So the story, it's called The Coming Race. And the story goes that there's these two guys, they're spelunkers, right? And they're in this cave system and there's an earthquake and a crack opens and they fall through and one of the guys dies immediately and the other one is injured. And he is rescued by this race of people that live in the hollow earth under the earth. Um, and they're called the Vril. And that is what they call, where he calls them the Vril because that's actually what they call the source, the energy that is all around us that they are able to manipulate. And he describes them as looking like angels. They're tall with blonde hair and blue eyes. And they have the power to both manipulate their, their reality, like they, they telepathy and telekinesis. Um, they can blow things up and they can heal things. And the women are more powerful than the men, generally, uh, as far as the destructive powers go. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the book, he basically he tells them, because basically they, they're an antediluvian society. They escaped under the earth pre-flood, right? Just before the flood. So, uh, and it's very interesting that in the Bible, God says that he's speaking to the people above and below the earth. Okay. So just saying. Anyway, so at the end of the story, he tells them that they will, there will come a time where they will go back up to the earth and reclaim their, you know, the the above ground per se. So anyway, so the Vril Society um, was developed and designed to try and connect to that energy, that source energy that we've been talking about this entire time and manipulate it in such a way that they can control their own reality, manifest reality. And the reason I say that's that's changed, it's not so much changed, but um, they're if you read the book called The Holographic Universe, that more falls in line with what they're trying to do now, right? The coming race is kind of a an origin story where the holographic universe is an, the ongoing mission statement, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Vril, there's a male and female pair. They have no secrets. And the women use their hair very specifically. Um, the hair is an energy conduit and their hair was very, very long. Like they'd braid it and it would touch the floor. Um, and they would use their hair as an energy conduit to manipulate the force, the vril. So anyway, so long story short, um, Maria Orsic gave birth to a baby in the, yeah, the twenties. Yeah. 23, something like that. Um, And she already knew that she would be hunted. So she actually gave the baby up for adoption 
and most of her inner circle thought that it went to the Caribbean. Um, but actually she hid it in plain sight close to home in Bavaria in this little town just outside of Munich. And turns out that baby was my actual grandmother. Okay. So, and she, she hid it, she hid the baby with some family friends and they agreed to raise her on her own, on their, you know, as their own and never tell her who she really was. Um, but Maria would go and visit them all the time. So when Maria went to warn my grandfather, she brought my grandmother with her. And that was the first time that my grandfather ever saw my grandpa, my grandmother. So he left Austria and he brought most of his sisters with him. And, um, then, and this never, this never made sense to me when I was a kid, because the story that I was told was that he went back to Germany in the middle of the war, randomly met my grandmother at some resort in the mountains of Bavaria and married her, knocked her up and sent her back to the States. Okay. So, okay. I mean, for any, anyone else that might sound plausible. How the fuck did my grandfather who was supposedly fighting for the American army end up in the middle of Germany in the middle of the war? Um, was he a spy? What the hell was going on? So, uh, anyway, Mick and my grandfather had a very close connection. My grandfather died shortly after we got married, but I've known Mick for most of my life. So they were very close. My grandfather saw a lot of himself and Mick, I think. Um, so they spoke a lot and they spoke a lot in Polish and Russian, like they'd speak and we would have no idea what they were saying. And, oh yeah. All right. Grandpa and Mick are just jabbering along, whatever. I mean, like they'd sit, you know, they'd sit at dinner, like we'd have a family party and they'd just be off in a corner talking and none of us can understand. We don't know what the hell they're talking about. Well, it turns out grandpa was telling Mick most of his story. So my grandpa actually joined the OSS, um, helped found the OSS. Interesting. Actually helped develop the, some of the, uh, communication methods that are still used today. But he joined the OSS and told them that his wife was still in Germany, and at some point he would have to go back and rescue her. Unbeknownst to my grandmother that she was his wife because she'd only met him once before. Okay, so mid-war they they let him go, and this was actually pretty common amongst the OSS because they'd recruit um, those people that had fled Germany or Austria that spoke the language fluently. It was their first language, right? Spoke a lot of other languages or whatnot. And they would recruit them to the American side and then they'd send them back into Germany or Austria or Poland as spies. Um, right. right. And, but usually the condition was that the OSS person wanted to get some of their family members out of Germany or Austria or Poland or Hungary or wherever at that time. So my grandfather went over there, um, with the intent of rescuing my grandmother. And he got there and it took him six weeks to convince her to marry him because she didn't know who the hell he was, right? Like he's showing up like, I'm here to marry you and take you back to the States. And she's like, who the fuck are you? Get out of my She's like, what? Right? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, um, but so, and, and well, here's the interesting part. I mean, that's all pretty interesting, but Maria Orsic, the story of her was that before the end of the war, she fled the Vril Society and Hitler, and she fled up into the mountains of Bavaria. And the story goes that she was beamed down instructions from Venus on how to build a spaceship, and she proceeded to build a complicated spaceship all by herself and gotten it and flew away to Venus. That's not true. 
Sounds plausible. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh-huh. Where to even get the material? <laughs> the truth was that when she heard, when she, because, you know, gossip word travels, traveled as fast then as it does now with the internet and phones and all that, right? Right. Um, when she heard that my grandfather was essentially back in town, right, coming to get my grandmother, she fled and she went up to the mountains of Bavaria where my grandmother was working, uh, actually as a hairstylist at this resort. And she went and met her there um, with my grandfather and my grandfather got them both out and brought them back to the States. And my grandmother went to New York and my great grandmother went to Tennessee and Ooh. founded the Vril Society there in Tennessee. And that is actually the home of the Vril Society here in America now. Um, so are you trying to say that I'm possibly a lizard person? No, 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 no. I do live um, in Tennessee. So. I, yes, I know you do. But uh, And Maria Orsic was killed. She went back to Germany after the war to try and rescue some of her sisters and um, they shot her and killed her. So she, she did not survive very long after the war. Um, but so, I mean, when you think about it, antediluvian society, um, was more oxygen rich, which by the way, RH negative people require more oxygen. It's why we have a very mm -hmm. difficult time wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to drive with my car windows open all the time. Even if it's raining, it doesn't matter. I can't go more than like two minutes in the car with the windows closed. I will throw up because I need oxygen. Um, we are also cancer resistant. Um, but again, uh, and, and virus resistant, but not, we have, we're tendons towards more allergies and that's purely environmental because again, we're allergic to synthetics. So mm -hmm. synthetic things in the food and the air and the water will, you know, create a, a more allergic response in us than it does in other people. Um, we are also not clonable. Hmm. Well, that's good to know because mm -hmm. who needs two of me? Yeah, right? Just saying. Um, they have tried to clone RH negative blood and they have not been able to do that. We are not clonable. Um, so, but when you look at the, the way the Vril Society was described that from the book, The Coming Race, and they're in an antediluvian society. So an antediluvian um, pre-flood, there was more oxygen, which they say is why... Um, you know, before the flood, flood, Noah couldn't get drunk. He never got drunk on his wine until after the flood because there was less oxygen in the air. So um, he metabolized it differently, the alcohol differently. Um, so, and uh, we actually, we tend to be very sun sensitive, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because of the lighter skin or whatever. Personally, I, I love the sun. Yeah, um, me too. I, I love being outside specifically, but being in the direct sun, I mean, I will burn, you know, I have to, I have to be out there in small increments in order to, to melanate my skin properly. So I don't burn. Mm -hmm. But, um, what are they trying to do right now? Block out the sun. They are right. Mm. Crazy. They're also trying to reduce the methane in the environment. They're talking about climate change and global uh warming but they're actually creating this. They're creating this climate change. It is man-made climate change. Why are they trying to change the climate? Are they trying to prepare the earth for the coming race, for the Vril coming up from below the earth to take over? Are they the lizard people? Are they already amongst us? Some or of them? think about this. 
think about all the videos that we've seen of like Nancy Pelosi or lots of other people where their eyes change while they're in a press conference or something. Yep. So maybe they're trying to make it more comfortable for the lizards that are already above. Yep. Just saying. Could be. Could be. Not saying it's not saying uh, it's true. I'm just saying it could be video manipulation or it really could have happened. I don't know. Maybe somebody did have an eyeball like that that just normally flips between a human and a lizard eyeball. I don't know. Who knows? So so when you ask me if, if I'm a lizard person, I'd say I might be half lizard and half angel or Jesus and uh, bless Mick. Will Mick say you're an angel? No, he'll say I'm a demon. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> right now he calls me the mother of the apocalypse. So general general gloom and doom. <laughs> I'm like, what? Because I say everyone's going to die? I mean, everyone is going to die. You are born heading towards death. Yes. Just a lot of people are going to die sooner than what they think. Yes, we all die. So why they now call me the mother of the apocalypse? Because I I guess, you know, I don't know. What an endearing term. How thoughtful. You know, sometimes, and and maybe, maybe this is the evil lizard person coming through in me, but you know, for the most part, like I really, I feel sorry for these people who are so obviously NPCs and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm double, double vaxxed and triple or quadruple boosted. And I'm wearing three masks and I don't understand why I'm sick and why I got COVID. Oh no, wait, there's, there was a tweet. Oh my God. I had to read this one to you. This is insane. This is from a freaking doctor, which doesn't surprise me. Um, so because I, I put in a funny comment. All right. He said, going to the grocery store with our too young to be vaccinated, too young to wear a mask, six month old now feels terrorizing. Unmasked people in close proximity everywhere we turn, putting our baby at risk. I am so upset that we now have to deal with this. Um, did yeah. you even go to medical school? Sugar? Right? So my response was number one, masks don't work. Number two, your baby statistically has a 0% chance of dying from COVID. Number three, you're full of the same stuff in your baby's diaper and you know it. Number four, how much did HHS pay you to post this? Exactly. But you know, sometimes I feel so sorry for these people and I'm like, they're so like, they're brainwashed and I really just want to wake them up. And I'm like, like sometimes I just want to shake them until they're fucking brain snaps back into their head. Like, I don't know. I, Do we can have like an adult syndrome? Is right? that a thing? Can I really, I mean, I really want to pray for you so that you get that reconnection to God, but you have to want it for yourself. You got to pray for yourself. And most days I'm like that. And then some days I'm like, you know what? Fuck all these people. I can't wait for you to die. Go. Can I, can I give you your fourth show up myself? Like, let's go. I'll just keep giving you jabs until you pass out and die. I'm so done with you. She is a lizard person. I'm going to go with a nice route and say, I will pray for you and continue to do so. <laughs> oh, shoot. So, Miss V. Lynn, I love you so much. I'm so glad that you were able to join me today. Oh, and I, want, I want you to um, like tell everybody where, what's the name of your show again? Where can they find you? What? all media are you on and all that good jazzy stuff. Excellent. So um, we are the Patriot Party Podcast. If you like to listen to just the audio show, you can go to 
thepatriotparty.podbean.com and choose wherever you want to listen to it. Uh, we do do a live show every Monday through Thursday from 6.30 to 8.30 on Rumble, Twitch, DLive, and Clout Hub, and on redpills.tv. Um, and then Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, we do our True Spiracy show. That doesn't play on redpills.tv because they've got their own competing show, but that's okay. Um, and then I put the podcast version of that out every every night after we finish the show. So the Monday through Thursday tends to be um, more of a news show. My husband and I do it together. He did 21 years in the military and he's got lots of connections and whatnot. So he gets all kinds of information from like logistical and, and, you know, operational sources. Um, I get all kinds of conspiracy theories primarily from God. So it's a fun combination going back and forth. I mean, I do a lot of research as well. We pull a lot of stories up. We play a lot of clips. It's a lot of fun. Um, we have a great diamond, like we fight on air, just like we fight in <laughs> real time at home. True so, story. <laughs> people get a blast out of it. They're like, oh my God, we're not alone. Like everybody fights. Yes, everybody fights. The truth, the point of it, like the way to get through marriage, even if fighting is fun, right? Like if you can't challenge your partner, what is the point? Wouldn't you be bored all the time? Like, I just don't get it. The point is to understand that it's not really that serious. You're just fighting for fun. Like you're just bantering back and forth. You know, don't get your panties up in a wad. Don't be walking on eggshells. Just like calm your shit down. Like sometimes it's just fun to go at each other. And then, you know, when it's over, you go have sex and it's all good. So that's <laughs> right. That's what marriage is all about. So, um, so we, we, we keep that part off air, but you know, <laughs> we do cuss with each other a lot. It is not for the faint of heart. Um, it is highly explicit as far as the cuss words go. Um, Mick's never met a cuss word that he didn't like. So, um, <laughs> And it does rub off on you. Um, so yeah, so uh, thepatriotparty.podbean.com or look up uh, the Patriot Party on Rumble or the Patriot Party Pod on Twitch. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a blast. Fantastic. And for those of you who are new listeners, you can find just the audio version only of my show, Deplorable Nation, on every podcast platform available. You can also find me on actualactivist.com. You can find me on Alt Media United. Um, and you can also find me on TV, which the video versions of the shows are only on Roku TV, on The Patriot podcast network so make sure you go search for patriot podcast network download the channel uh leave a little five-star review there's a little star button up there in the corner so make sure you do that there's a lot of content creators on there so uh make sure you do that and uh like subscribe download comment and share on patriot podcast or Patriot Party podcast and also Deplorable Nation. So make sure you do that for both of us because we're kind of awesome and you Most know definitely. Yeah. We're gonna be around for a while. So Yes. Yeah, we've yeah. been doing this. We're on episode uh not counting True Spiracy, like hundred and sixty one tonight. So yeah. you know, we're yeah. So yeah. Yep. You guys are kicking it in the on game. Staff. Yep. So for me and for the lovely Veland, thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. So thanks, have a good Janet. one.